0: The scripture reading for today is 2nd Kings 2, 5 11. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elisha said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and taught, Behold, Cherries of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, everyone. Uh, once again, I would like to ask you to walk around and bless at least minimum five people by saying this, I pray that you will be doubly blessed today. Can we say that? Doubly blessed today. You may be seated. And I pray that those who literally follow, you will be triply blessed. And we would like to welcome those who are joining this morning through online worship as well. And Pastor Daniel, as he was presiding, addressed that today is the beginning of Advent. Advent is... uh, uh, actually the season or time where we remember uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, but also that we prepare ourselves for the second coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Starting from the second Sunday of December, we'll be going through Advent series. But However, we would like to wrap up uh, today uh, with the final message of Elijah, God's Extraordinary Power in Dark Times. And next Sunday, Pastor Charles will be delivering a message in order for us to prepare for a deacon election and also an elder installation about leadership. So today, uh, the title of the final message is a double portion of anointing. Brothers and sisters, God is looking for those who have holy passion. Today, the passage talks about the relationship between Elijah and Elijah. Uh, Those of us uh, who may not be uh, familiar with uh, the Bible stories, uh, we get confused uh, between these two men, Elijah and Elijah. Elijah was mentor, the person that we've been closely following, and it will be Elijah who will receive the spiritual baton and carry out God's ministry in dark times. When Elijah was going through depression and going through a um, difficult time in his journey, God has restored him with calling to go back and now raise up the next generation leaders. And amongst that, Elijah was one of them who received the double portion of God's anointing. As we wrap up Elijah's life, that he was a faithful man, even though he was ordinary man who trusted God, did not compromise in terms of serving God, and prophesying and proclaiming the truth of God. So surely he was faithful. He was a man of God, man of integrity, who was not afraid to speak the truth. And as he was rapping, he could easily say, you know what, I am done. I did more than enough. But until the Lord takes him, His mission, his calling, never stopped. So today's passage talks about the way the Lord has called Elijah up. But until that, he was serving the Lord faithfully. You know, many of us, we dream, we work hard, so that at a certain age, maybe we can retire and just enjoy life. What is your dream What are you hoping, what are you preparing in the future? John Piper in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, he shared this, that one of the great tragedies of American culture is the way billions of dollars are invested to persuade people my age to waste the rest of their lives. It goes by the name of retirement. And the entire message is this, you work for it. Now enjoy it. And what is the it? 20 years of play and leisure. While the world sinks under the weight of millions of healthy older people, fishing, cruising, pottering, and playing golf, bridge, bingo, shuffleboard, and collecting shells. All of this in preparation for meeting Jesus Christ face-to-face with nail scars in his hands. And it is so true that many of us, and that is our dream, so that one day we will retire and then we just enjoy leisurely and our time will be still clicking and that's the way that we will prepare our encounter our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. However, Elijah didn't want to end his journey in that way. He knew that God was calling him, but rather than just passively waiting, he wanted to fulfill. He recognized that, that God's ministry needs to continue even through the next generation, even through other people. So he committed to raise up the leaders. He was committed to disciple other prophets. So after he came down from Mount Horeb, he was walking, journeying, and traveling around these places where he called the disciples, raised them up through training ground, and then now finally he's visiting these schools. And that was call. And brothers and sisters, you and I, we have God's call in our lives for us to be used by God until the end. But not only that, we have call to raise up our younger generation, our next generation, whether it's a young adults, our college, our children, so that they will be able to receive double portion of God's anointing Why do we say this? Not out of ambition, not out of greed or pride, but our next generation are facing doubly or triply more difficult, evil, dark, challenging journey of their lives. Things are getting darker, more difficult to follow Christ as a disciples of Jesus Christ. And it is our prayer that we will be equipped to also pass down the double portion of anointing to our next generation. So Elijah had many disciples, many prophets who were following, looking up to Elijah. However, it was Elijah who received the double portion of anointing. So what made Elijah to receive double portion? What was the difference between him and other prophets? What qualities was God looking for? So, there are the three things that I would like to share with you this morning. These qualities, number one, those who desire the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 9, Elijah was following and he was asking, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. So Elijah was not shy. He was forefront, very transparent, and say, I want double portion of your spirit.
2: And some of you think that, wow, that's pride. How dare you? Elijah
1: was a powerful man of God. And how dare you to say that you want double portion? Isn't that ambition? And anyway, when the Bible talks about double portion, it's not just of a doubly, like you know 50 to 100 and 100 to 200. It's not the number or amount. But double portion means the direct inheritance, meaning that you are passed down inheritance or legacy to continue. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17 says, So the firstborn will receive double portion, Not because the firstborn will just take everything or better than younger, but the firstborn will continue on the spiritual legacy. That's why Jacob and Esau, they were fighting for this firstborn right. We know Joseph who received double portion of blessing. That's why out of 12 tribes, there was no Joseph tribe because Joseph's Two sons receive separate two tribes and blessing from God. So when we come to Elijah asking double portion of anointing, it's not literally saying, Well, if you healed hundred people, then let me heal two hundred people, or I will do more greater double the work amount. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying, you know what? I want the spiritual legacy for me to continue on God's divine work. I want
2: to continue on your call. So Elijah received the baton.
1: When we talk about anointing, some of us we think that it's a signs and wonders, right? Like uh, when you go to a certain charismatic church, you pray and you know people manifestated certain things. So we think that that's anointing. But whenever. The Bible talks about anointing. It's always in line with the feeling of the Holy Spirit, being inspired and controlled by the Holy Spirit so that he or she is anointed to reveal the glory of God and the presence of God whenever he or she does ministry or builds a relationship. It's not focusing on person's talent, or gifting, or charisma, but it is always focusing on who God is and power of God to be revealed. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge, knowledge of God, the word of the Lord, to be revealed to other people. And when the Bible talks about anointing, it's not just the pastors or uh, apostles, In the New Testament, when the Bible talks about anointing, it talks about every single
2: person who are called by God. All of you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of
1: you need to be anointed by God. Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this day we're talking about deacons so brothers i appreciate and i continually beg you to pray because when we preach the word of the lord from the pulpit there has to be god's anointing but not only for pastors but every single member of the church our deacons our elders need to be
2: anointed by the Holy Spirit. I have seen where the praise leader is anointed.
1: Not musically talent, or singing well, or playing guitar, or instrument professionally, but when there is anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know the Spirit is moving, and ministering, and glorifying God. I have seen some of the choirs like filled with the professionals and vocal majors and yet they're excellent in their skills and yet it could be just like technique. On the other hand, I've seen some of the choirs are not skilled and their harmony can be littered off and yet their hearts are blessed and they're being used by God powerfully. They're anointed, worshiping God and ministering to people i have seen anointed sunday school teacher that you are teaching same students and you are using same curriculum and yet you can be anointed so that when you are ministering to young children their hearts are wide open to encounter jesus christ face to face they have seen anointed bible teacher disciples i have seen anointed teachers even outside of the church Anointed workers of God who may not forefront sharing the gospel all the time and yet they are inspired by the Holy Spirit in their workplaces. Therefore, this anointing of the Holy Spirit needs to be something that we desire desperately in our lives.
2: But one thing that is clear is that God always look for those who treasure. Not taking it lightly. Not taking for granted. Because it is precious
1: treasure and God will not give to someone who takes it lightly. The question is, how much do we desperately desire? to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be anointed by God. Many of us, we may approach, well, if God gives, God gives. He doesn't, He doesn't. We feel comfortable. Actually, on Wednesday, we're having our, our Mississauga pastoral team. And Pastor Charles was sharing this as he was listening to his interview with Pastor Greg Laurie, who was known, you know, experienced You know, great revival in the United States, 1970s and 1980s. I remember when I was in uh, California, 1990s, like I used to love listening to Greg Rory's message on radio. Like, powerful speaker. He used to lead harvest crusade, like where hundreds of thousands of people will gather and they will encounter Jesus Christ. Legendary pastor. So recently, I guess, uh, Pastor Charles was listening to interview, and someone has asked Pastor Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg Glory, do you think there will ever be spiritual revival in the United States in the future? And Pastor Greg Laurie said this, you know what, I don't know, because revival is initiated by God, so we don't know whether there will be revival or not. But one thing that I know and concern is this, our next generation
2: are not... Desperate enough. You know, we want blessing. We
1: want revival. We want it. It's like, oh, if God gives, that
2: would be great. But in reality, we don't desperately seek.
1: But Elijah, following Elijah, Elijah following Elijah, It was out of desperate desire that I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be used by God. Doubly.
2: I want inspiration from God. Do we have such desire? And when we think of our next generation, Is that something that we see for my next generation? That we want to be used by God. The second quality is that those who
1: are willing to go to the end. Elijah was a faithful man, and he was called by God through Elijah, his mentor, from workplace. So right from the beginning, just like Peter, the New Testament, and other disciples, whenever God calls, God calls them from workplace. Even David, God calls him from workplace when he was faithful,
2: tending the flock. Students, if you are really seeking God's call in your life, don't go elsewhere. Stay in library. People who are working, until God makes it clear, be faithful in your workplace.
1: Don't wander around until he makes it clear of your call. And King Kings chapter 19, verse 19, talks about the context of which God has called Elijah. So he departed from there and found Elijah, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of them. In front of him, he was with a twelfth. Elijah passed by him and called his cloak from upon him. It was gathered of two cows each, the yoke of ox meaning two pair each. So Elijah was working and farming with 24 cows, so to speak. And one of the commentary noted here, You know, during that time, if you were to have one cow, you're pretty set, you know, wealthy. For Elijah to have a 24 oxen, I mean, he was wealthy. Growing up in a very affluent background where we don't know know, to believe or not. But very important thing is that regardless of what he had in his possession,
2: when God called him, he let everything go and he followed God. And he followed Elijah.
1: In the, today's passage, Elijah knew that Elijah will leave soon. He will depart any moment. But a very important factor is that not only Elijah and Elijah knew, but all the prophets knew as well. When they were journeying through Gilgal, to Bethel, Jericho, Jordan, Elijah was visiting all the seminaries or training grounds, and all the prophets, they knew that God would take Elijah soon. Verse 5. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? any answered, yeah I know it keep quiet I know so what are they saying is that you know what's the point your teacher your master will be leaving soon now you need to take care of yourself you need to think about your own plan your own future don't follow him you gotta figure out your security your future what you're gonna do so as Bethel, Jericho Jordan everyone knew But what separated Elijah amongst other prophets was that Elijah, though he knew, he followed and he pursued
2: until the end. The story of Elijah, he was there
1: when Elijah came down from Mount Horeb. He was there when Elijah was going through spiritual depression. He was there when Elijah was performing powerful miracle of God. Whether it was up, whether it was down, Elijah was committed to follow all the way. 2 Kings chapter 2, in verse 2, verse 4, verse 6, he repeats three times, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. I'm gonna go with you all the way. I'm gonna go with you all the way. Even if Elijah left, no one will say. In fact, his master said, Elijah, I'm going to be leaving. So, you know what? Don't follow me. Stay where you are. Figure out what you need to do. But in the Bible, whenever there's a spiritual legacy and passing down anointing, we see very similar principle. Think about Moses and Joshua. Joshua was the one went and journeyed with Moses until the end. Jesus and the disciples, disciples were scared. Yes, they ran away when Jesus was crucified and yet they came back after encountering the risen Lord, the resurrected Jesus Christ and they stayed until the end when Jesus was ascending to heaven. And Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until you see the power of the Holy Spirit so the disciples never left. They stay in the upper room until the
2: end. I believe that it is the same, even in church community. You know,
1: nowadays, uh, you know, we are in this generation where uh, we shop around. And we try to get what we want. And if we don't feel satisfied, we quickly switch, disconnect ourselves, and we move on to the next we're very
2: good in terms of bringing changes and transitioning in our lives. And that's why we don't have deep roots necessarily. But princess says the power anointing See, Elijah
1: did not give power to Elijah. It was from God. But whenever God pours out his power, God honors and God pours out his blessing and power through the context of
2: community and relationship. We have to understand that. That's why it is very important for us to have a very healthy relationship
1: with our parents but also in the context of church where even from seniors and those who have served faithfully
2: even though they could be old style. And it is very important for us
1: to also pass down the same thing to our next generation and younger brothers and sisters because what you see That's what you will do.
2: And what your children see, that's what they will do. Think about Ruth. She followed Naomi to the end. We
1: cannot take this lightly. That's a biblical principle. Elijah saw Elijah Being used by God through a fire and horses of fire look at in verse 11 and as they still went on and talked behold chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and later in first king chapter 6 verse 17 listen that Elijah prayed and said oh Lord please open his eyes that he may see so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah you see God worked through fire and the horses of fire through Elijah and then Elijah the same thing think about Moses and
2: Joshua Moses departed Red Sea and Joshua departs the Jordan River. And even for me, I had a privilege of witnessing something
1: that was so special. And when I was in a um, college age or young adult and doing youth ministry. I wanted to be disciple, I wanted to be mentor. So I remember my wife and I, we were seeking for mentoring and then that time we went to um, Pastor Keith Park. Some of the older people you may know who he is. Our founding pastor, Reverend Park's son, who's in California right now. But during that time, uh, he was in Toronto. He planted a church, it's called X. And he started discipling uh, many college students. So we went and we were disciple. we went through discipleship on 101, 201, 301, experiencing God, you know, officiated at our wedding. But I wanted more, uh, but he was more of type of person, like really powerful preacher,
2: but very like, not relational. <laughs> But he was the one
1: who actually planted and started KCF in Toronto, U of T KCF. And many young people were challenged and impacted. I remember York started KCF. McMaster started KCF. Waterloo started KCF. Queens started KCF. And then some of the students came all the way from London asking Pastor Keith, Pastor Keith, we want to start KCF in London. But Pastor Keith, who came from California, he hated Toronto weather, winter especially. You know, London, to go to London, like there's a snow belt. He's like, I don't want to go to London. (laughs) Too much snow. I don't know what it was. like, Helen and I, we just got married, like enjoying our honeymoon. And yet during winter time, I felt like, you know what? Maybe this will be the best way to spend time with Pastor Keith. So I went to him and said, you know what? I'm going to volunteer to drive
2: you every week. So we drove to London. It would take
1: a winter time, three hour one way because of snow. Coming back, so six hours every week. So he was stuck with me. So I asked him, I bother him, entire ride, how do you preach, how do you prepare, how do you do this? But more than anything, it was an awesome experience because I was able to witness how he went to brand new campus and start campus ministry, gathering some of the small group, discipling them, praying together for an entire semester. And that was a blessing. And later, that really was a good model for me to plan downtown campus and how we began uptown campus. I was able to see and I was able to apply ministry. And I'm sure it's not just the context of ministry, whether it's the missions, Because of COVID, we cannot even travel. But I remember, you know, back in the days, we used to go to Afghanistan, we used to go to Mali, we used to go to Jordan, India. And where our older brothers and sisters, our elders, our deacons used to take
2: younger college students and going together, experiencing it together, and that's what they would do. And how we worship God, even during COVID, during pandemic,
1: during difficulties and journeys, and how we will override and overcome
2: difficulties and sufferings, that's what our children will see, and that's what they will do. The last quality that we see is that
1: those who are willing to pay the price. In verse 6, Elijah is telling Elijah to stay. Please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Stop following me. But Elijah,
2: he ran or he walked extra mile. It's a biblical
1: principle where God's grace is given to us unconditionally. You know what? God's grace being poured out to you, even though we don't deserve. But when it comes to anointing of God, it's being poured out to only those who desperately seek
2: and who are willing to pay the price. Everyone wants something. Everyone has a dream. Isn't that true? And
1: everyone, if I ask, we want to know God, we want to grow spiritually. We want to be at
2: a church where we experience revival, right? Spirit-filled church. But at the end of the day, well, we don't want to pay for it. We
1: want to know the Bible, but we don't want to open up the Bible. We want to be spirit-filled men and women, but we don't want to pray. We want to be a church where it's happening, but we don't want to commit ourselves. We want this holy passion, but we don't want to repent. We want to be used by God, but we don't want training.
2: We don't want, we want us to be a vessel of God's love, but we don't want to forgive. In life, you cannot have everything that you want. Inspiration, God's power anointing,
1: is not just given to anybody, but it's being, it's a privilege of those who honor God, desperately seek, who follow God, and who are willing to pay the price. Dwight Eisenhower said, There are no victories at bargain price. And everyone will pay the price. Either we pay the price for
2: victory, or we pay the price for great failure. So, brothers and sisters,
1: everyone at the end, we will be paying the price. We will be paying the price of our life, our time, resources. For, for what purpose and
2: for what direction are you wanting to pay the price? Elijah went a little
1: more extra than other prophets. And this little extra is not that he was better person But that extra
2: was desiring God, wanting to be used by God and that set him
1: apart to pursue extraordinary life so that he will be able to honor God and to be used by God. Once again, Elijah and Elijah were both ordinary people. But they were able to experience extraordinary power of God. It was all about God. And brothers and sisters, God is today looking for men and women once again. You may not be more experienced. You may not be seasoned in Christian walk. Maybe you had some failure and depression in the past. Or maybe you feel like you're broken and you don't deserve, and that's okay.
2: God has called you, by the grace of God, to be here. But now moving forward,
1: how much would you desire God to follow Him and to pay the price for His glory and to be used by God? I hope and pray the Holy Spirit will ask you the question today and you'll be able to respond and not only for yourself but even for your children, even for our younger brothers and sisters at our church. The people that we are raising, Lord, would you fill them up with your Holy Spirit? Would you give them the double portion of God's anointing so that we'll be able to see God's kingdom being expanded and his ministry will continue on So, brothers and sisters, let me wrap up with this. Those who desperately desire God's anointing end up pursuing extraordinary lives. Let's pray together. As we spend some time, maybe this message is not for you, maybe because you just want, just... maybe security or just maybe not in this season. And I hope and pray that God will one day stir your heart. But I want to challenge those, maybe God was speaking something today. You know what? God, I I want that. I want the filling of the Holy Spirit in what I'm called to do. Whether I'm teaching or working, whether I'm leading, even raising my children, I want anointing. If you really desire that, I want you to, in your, where you are, I just want you to just open up your hands and just receive and pray desperately. Lord, I need you. I am nothing, I am nobody, I am broken, I failed. Without you, I am nothing. But I that much more, I need your anointing in my life. If you are in ministry, please say the prayer. If you are a student, if you are working, let's say the prayer. And not only for ourselves, secondly, let's pray for our church. Lord, we need your anointing. Thirdly, let's pray for our children, Lord. Our next generation is doubly, triply, it's difficult. It's more challenging, more tempting. Lord, would you bless them with a double anointing of your power, the Holy Spirit? So let's pray together at this time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we pray, Father, we need you. A portion of your anointing in our lives, Lord God, Father. We're doing everything, Lord God. Father, we need, Lord, conviction and power of the Holy Spirit. Where Elijah was, Lord God, willing to pay the price and follow all the way and to really desire our double portion. Lord Jesus, we pray Lord God, for ourselves. Lord God. But Father, your Spirit will be revealed in our Lord, workplace and everywhere we go. Lord Jesus, you for our next generation, Lord Jesus. Lord. Father, we need Father, we seek your face. Father, just as Elijah and Elijah were so fragile, and just like us, they were ordinary men, ordinary people, and who desperately wanted to be used by God. Desperately wanted to see people coming to know you. Lord, many of us we are blessed, and yet maybe because we feel secure and comfortable, many of us, it is true that we have lost that desperation, and maybe perhaps you allow certain things to challenge us, and you allow certain things for us to be coming back to our relationship with you that we're Lord, we need you. Without you, we are
2: nothing. Without you, we are nobody. Father, let me recognize that.
1: That is when you start working in our lives to reveal your glory and your power that beyond our own, Lord, it is so easy for us to just walk away. Just quit. Move on. To look for something that we desire. And Lord, many of us, we have done that. And yet, we haven't gone too far on our own.
2: But Lord, that you are so faithful that you want to restore us and deepen our roots, our
1: character, our faith, for us to truly experience your promise and your word. So Father, we pray that our church will be used by you. Would you anoint our leaders our life group leaders, our elders and deacons the pastors and missionaries at this time, would you anoint them, would you anoint our church so that we will equip our next generation that they will desire you, they will love you, they will be used by you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.